What's up, man? How's it going? So tonight is mainly going to be a baseball pod. We're going to talk to Bobby Tats, one of the gentlemen on of Yankee Chronicle. Um, Yankee game got postponed at 5 o'clock. Mets game got postponed right around 6.23. So, of course, Yankees did it the right way. But Mets, you know, they, they, they apparently needed fans to go buy some food, maybe buy some stuff from the team store, you know, and, and, then, and then announce. So that's, that, that's kind of wrong when teams do that. Um, Yankees will play a true double tomorrow starting from 4 o'clock. Tickets to tomorrow's original game are only valid for the doubleheader. So there's that. And all talk starting from yesterday. Apparently some stuff from de Blasio. And, you know, some people are really trying to make this bird phobia from Trey Young a thing. I saw some people have actually pigeons on a piece of paper. Like, oh, what is that really going to do? And the, the Atlanta Hawks are right now up 14-7. And, uh... What do you what do you see so far? Um, I see the Knicks punch Atlanta early and I'm out, but Atlanta's starting to take control. They're starting to weather the storm as um as what they're doing and right now they're playing their game, man. Um they're penetrating, they're hitting open threes, um, they're breaking down the Knicks defense. The Knicks have to adjust. They gotta adjust and they got and they gotta limit like, you know, shut down the three. They gotta shut down the three and the Knicks the Knicks got to make their shots. And Julius Randle needs to get going. Because, God, he won most improved, and it's great. It's fantastic. But, honestly, if you're not doing work in the postseason, then, honestly, then what are we doing? Like, what are we doing right now? So, that's that's something I need the Knicks to see. And, quickly, um, quick hockey update presented by Geico. Yeah, we got a sponsor. Right now, the Islanders are up 5-3. to three. With nine minutes left in the second period, um, the Islanders win this game. They move on to face the Boston Bruins. Um, um, the, the, the Panthers and Lightning to um, face off at 8 o'clock. Um, Tampa leads three games to two. And at 9 o'clock, the Vegas Golden Knights are in at Minnesota take on the Wild, and they're up three games to two. And that is your NHL hockey update. <laughs> wow, okay. And uh, right now, guys yeah. still 14-7 with... Knicks Hawks and Trey made that very early three pointer, and Julius Randle just hit the weirdest chuck three I've ever seen. Like, like he was trying to draw a foul. He was trying to draw a foul, and it did not work. That is so desperate to be trying to draw a foul in the first quarter. Like it, that that's the kind of shot you usually see in the fourth. But man, that's you know what. That that shows that he's just lost right now, and he's trying to motivate himself into trying to put points on the board. Yeah, so it seems to me that he's probably not going to find it anytime soon. So your New York Knicks at this point are in very big home. serious trouble. They're going home. They're going home. If Randall cannot get a shot, the Knicks are getting swept. The Knicks are getting swept. All that goodwill, all that getting home court advantage, it means nothing if Randall does not show up to the postseason. I'm sorry. Like, you, if you're down 2-0, it's over. It's over. I don't have any confidence the Knicks are going to Atlanta. Like, you basically have to win, win both games in Atlanta. I have no confidence in that. Like, the, the Knicks are going to get swept. And it's a damn shame because 
a wonderful season ending getting swept. Now, if the Knicks would have like lost this series in seven, it'd be disappointing, but I wouldn't feel bad. Getting absolute swept would, would leave a real disappointment taste in my mouth. So the Knicks got to play better, and Julius Randle needs to find a shot, and Atlanta's up 16-7. to And honestly, like... Atlanta looks like the better team. They're they're playing better. They're well on machine, and the Knicks are in deep deep trouble. Randall cannot find a shot. Before we bring on Bobby Tatt, I'm just gonna make fun of y'all Knicks fans for a minute, and 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 even you for a minute. Regardless, losing in seven, losing in six, losing in five, losing in whatever. If the if the four C Knicks, whether it's getting swept or losing any in this series. If the Knicks do not advance in the series, it's pathetic. The Hawks are six seed, all right. So I'm sorry. You did all this work to get into the fourth seed. So so it doesn't it doesn't matter if if the Knicks lose in six. It doesn't matter if they lose in seven. Your season is now a failure because when when it's you know it's going to be Knicks Hawks going into the playoffs. You're thinking okay. We, we can possibly get to a second round, maybe have good things in the second round. But no, if the Knicks lose this series, no one should be happy about 41 wins. No one should be happy about the fourth seed because what 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 did all that get you? Nothing. Not a damn thing, and Atlanta's up 18 to 10. So Knicks got to figure this out or else this, or they got to win this series. I got the Knicks in seven, but boy... The way they're playing, yeesh, it's not going to be pretty. Well, now it's time for Bobby Tats. Alright, so while we wait for Bobby, 3-10 left in the first. Hawks 24, Knicks 14. And uh, it's not, Derrick Rose just got a layup. So, how are you feeling right now about the Knicks, man? I don't feel good. Like, Julius Randle is not finding a shot, and um, it, Ju- Julius Randle needs to get going. The Knicks are not winning this series if the most improved player is, 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 is not playing well. I mean, RJ's playing okay, but come on, man. You, you gotta play better. You, they gotta play better. I mean, nice duck duck by Taj Gibson, but still, they got to play better, and, by play, and, and that includes Julius. Julius has got to get those playoff jitters out of his head, and he needs to play better. Because I'm sorry. Like, the whole, you know, regular season is great, but if you want to be treated like a star, star shows up in the postseason. He, he, he got he to get that, um, he got to get that playoff crap, at, um, you know, out of his system and start playing like, like, like an all-star like he is. Now, I said it the other day, but... If the Knicks lose this game, do you think Tom Thibodeau will finally wake up and say, you know what, load management should have stopped going into game one, but let me now start Derrick Rose? I, I want to say yes, but I'm going to realistically know because he's so stubborn with Alfred Payton. He's too stubborn. Like, honestly, if it was me, I'd bench Payton even before game one. Like, you see how much of a liability he is, man. Like, you see what a liability he is. I mean, yeah, Hawks just travel, but come on. Like, if you're not, like, Alfred Payton is trash. He's garbage. 
I think me and you could play better than Alfred Payton. He is trash. He's basura. He's hot shit. He's terrible. Whatever adjectives you want to describe, he's awful. So honestly, they gotta they gotta get they gotta get something going, man. Then why does he start? Because according to Tom Thibodeau, he says, and he said this on the K show, that he likes his defense and his intangibles and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but, but I also heard one of them, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, but I, I think the stat is him negative when he's on the floor. Yeah, he's a, he's a negative. At the last month and a half of the season, he's been dreadful. So I, 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 I hope Thibodeau changes his mind, but so far he's been stubborn. He's been stubborn, so I don't know. But the Knicks, the, the Atlanta, still leading twenty-four to eighteen. It's funny. The Knicks in their franchise history has never lost two games at home ever. Dropped the first two games at home ever. So, really? Yeah. Even in, like in all their years, and all their in all the Knicks. The um, se- um, 74 year history because next year is going to be the 75th anniversary of the Knicks franchise. They've never lost two games at home in the playoffs. Never wow. lost the first two games, you know, at home in the playoffs. Never. And one of the Knicks just missed a free throw. And, and, and that's it, too. You, you, you can't be going one of two. On, on, no, I'm sorry. That was a Hawk. I'm sorry. But that was a Hawk. My bad, but. Ooh, and the push on Derrick Rose. But, yeah, but the, yeah. The, the Knicks got to play better. The Knicks have to play better. And Julius Randle, I, Julius Randle has not even scored a point. I don't think he scored a point so far in this game. He looks mentally like, frustrated. I understand he looks mentally frustrated, but he's been playing like absolute trash. I'm sorry, he's been playing like trash. Like Obi Toppin, the rookie, has been playing better than him. And like, come on, like I love Randall, but then if Randall does not show like why he's the most improved player, then Randall's Randall's not going to get that contract. Uh, listen, I'll be honest with you. Randall wants to get extended. I ain't extending him. It's easy for Obi to play right better right now. No one, not one person in the world, li- literally has expectations on him. No one. So, so he he can just play his game. Julius Randall has all this stress, has all this expectations. So it's it's gonna be harder for him. Listen, if he wants to get paid, like you know, like he wants to get paid, you know. Superstars get paid in the postseason, man. That's just how it goes, bro. You, you get paid, man, in the postseason. That's how you make your money. You make your money in the postseason. You don't make your money in the regular in, in the regular. Oh, Ooh, look right at that here. dunk, my man! Just what, a, said. <laughs> what, what a dunk by Herder. And they're doing this with Trey Young on the bench. But yeah, though, like it, if Julius Randle wants to be a Nick for life. Part of being a Nick for life is, I don't know, not not being ass in the postseason. What a block. But, yeah. And then the Hawks are up 27-20 at the end of the first quarter. So, yeah. Part of being a, 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 a star or superstar player, you show up in the postseason for all 
the crap we give LeBron James, he does show up in the postseason. Jordan shows up in the postseason. Kobe showed up in the postseason. All the great players make their money in the postseason. And if Julius Randle wants to be great, then part of being great is doing the same stuff you do in the regular season, but doing the postseason. That's what you got to do. This also is his first postseason run. A lot of those people you named, a lot of those people named, their first postseason run was... Wasn't that great? So, I mean... I mean... Jordan dropped... Jordan dropped, like, 65 on the Celtics. Like, Trey Young's first postseason dropped 32 points. Devin Booker's first postseason dropped 34. Like, come on. If you're... If you... If you I'm sorry. No excuse. Okay. This and, is and, and what do all those three have in common? They're all 40, 50, 60, 70 times... Billion more skilled and athletic and better than Julius Randle. Well, but if Julius Randle's the most improved, then part of being the most improved is being improved, and that includes all postseason, man. That's all for the regular season, though. Then, all then all his he... struggles does not affect what he did in the regular season. The Knicks are so stupid. If they're gonna sign him. They're, they're still going to sign him regardless. I doubt it. Nope. I'm sorry. The Knicks are dumb. You know That's do? what the Knicks do. You know do. what I would do? If I'm, if I'm Leon Rose, i pick up the option because, duh, you do pick up the option. You're not stupid. You pick up the option and you let him play out the final year. And if he rebounds, if the Knicks, and it's an 82-game season, so if the Knicks, you know, have that same season, uh, providing, like, let's just say, like, Boston ever does improve, the Knicks have that same, he has that same season like he had, then, you know, then you deal with it as you deal with it. So I'm sorry. You you, you know, you, you make your mark in the postseason. I'm sorry. I Julius bet Rams you they'll season. pick up the option, and then they'll give him a three- or four-year deal for, like, $50-$60 million. Well, according to the math, if he if they sign to an extension now, it will be a lot less than if they sign to an extension after this season. Well, well whatever it is. Again, again, the Knicks are stupid. You see, 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 there, see, you're going, see, you're being a Max Kellerman. You're going off of the Knicks' past. You have to understand the Knicks presently constructed are not the same team run from the past. I mean, is, a good is player, James Dolan still the owner? Of course, he's still there. The you owner. go. There you go. So at the end uh, of the day, if if, if 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 he wants to give Julius all the all the money, it's not going to matter what Leon Rose has to say. It's it's not going to matter what any of them has to say. But you have to understand that James Dolan, for the most part, has stepped away from from like letting like getting involved in Nick's business. He, he got to worry about what the uh, what the Rangers are doing, but that's that's a different story for a different day. But yes, um, listen, there's still plenty of game to go. They're down by seven, um, but Julius Randle got to play better. Like, if the Knicks have any chance of winning this series, then Julius Randle's got to play like he played in the regular season. That's 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 just short, simple to the point. I'm sorry, like that. That's as blunt, honest as I can say. I just saw a tweet. That was from an hour ago. The count is Mankatan. M-A-N-K-A-T-T-A-N. Two pictures, the next court. Then you got tonight's chant is, Trey is balding. 
at only 22 years old, Trey's hair is thinning at an alarmingly fast pace, and he has a bald spot forming on the crown of his head. This will be much more of an effective chant to take advantage of home court and throw Trey off his game. I don't understand what fans think sports is, man. Come on. And and then the same guy says, I didn't make this pamphlet, but I wish I did. Why would anyone even want to take credit on something like this? This was stupid enough. I saw someone yesterday joking about possibly being in a full bird costume. Like that whole Oscar the Grouch crap with Yankees Astros. Man, like, come on. Like, I get it. You want to try to feel like you're there and you have some power into the game. And, and yes, sometimes fans can can make a little difference, okay? But not, no fan is powerful. Like, 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 when fans boo, these are grown-ass men. It's, it's, it's not going to make them break down and cry and curl up into the ball. This is not going to make Trey Young curl into a little ball and cry for his mommy. No, if anything, he'll shoot the lights out and he'll bust even more ass. You know, so the the only way a fan can make absolute change is if a fan was to storm the court and 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 injure a player, which no fan should do. But that's the only thing truly a fan a fan can affect a game. If if if, if a fan were to do that, and the Hawks are just continuing to bust ass, and but so all this stuff, man, it makes even 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 though it's not every Nick fan. It makes all Knicks fans look stupid as fuck. Especially the ones that are actually in the garden. Well, look, man. All I can say is is that, you know, Knicks fans are very creative. And they are... You guys creative? Look, look, hey! I'm a Nick. I'm speaking for myself. Me, personally... I probably wouldn't do this. Um, I get it. Like, you want to boo and want to... I get it. Literally, literally, in the literal sense, obviously, fans would have to physically do something to these athletes, which obviously you won't do because then then you have all these assault charges and whatnot. But fans want to mentally get into these players' heads. And, you know, for the most part, it doesn't work because players feed off of that. You heard Trey Young saying, you know, let, let him keep going, let him keep going. Some players thrive being, being the bad guy. You heard Trey Young, he loves it when fans do it. But there are some people that don't, there are some athletes that literally don't, um, that don't deal with that. So, honestly, it just really depends on, on the, on the athlete and how they treat it. So, literally and figuratively, you're absolutely correct. But some athletes are, are very thin-skinned. So, Have we ever seen an athlete physically break down from booze? Come on, man. Physically, no. Like, um, physically, no. Like, in the literal sense, no. But mentally, it, it depends, man. I mean, goalies, goalies don't like it when fans chant their, their name. And then they and then they let them get to their heads. Like if a goalie's having a bad night, and then they're chanting, you know, like for instance, Jari's has given up 
five goals, and the fans are chanting Jari, Jari. So some 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 athletes are that just that just means he sucks though. He's not giving up goals because his name's being chanted from the stands. You don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. What so 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 had. so if. If if I was a kid in your high school stands, and and the first half you went off for two touchdowns and ninety yards, and, and then all of a sudden I said, "Hey, black kid, fuck you, bleep bleep bleep," would that make you drop footballs? Actually, a funny story about that. Um, oh God! Uh, <laughs> third game went to our rival school. I had fans chanting, "I suck." And- Fuck you, fuck you, black guy. And I end up I'm catching three touchdowns and I literally was just like, Come on, tell me I suck. So I thrived off of that. I enjoyed it. It didn't get anything to me. It just means I get into your head. Alright, but that's not the point. But but again, if I was to say fuck you black guy, would that make you not catch a football? Nah man, I gotta do my So there you go. Same thing for the goalie. If if the goal then goes by it doesn't mean he's missing because his name is being said. He knows his name. It, it means that he sucks. That's all it is. Don't, don't, don't give the fans these powers, you hack. Ugh. Listen, listen. It, like I said, some athletes don't let it get to them, but some do. It just really depends on... Uh, what a bad turnover by Derrick Rose. But yeah, that's... Uh, it depends on the athlete, man. Oh my god, you're you're sick. You really are sick. Yeah, and okay. Knicks has showing some life, 32-28. You know, like it's funny, Obi Toppin is playing so much better. Yeah, Trey's not even on the floor, man. Listen. Just wait till listen. Trey gets busy. We'll see what happens, man. Trey Trey's gonna like well Bogdanovich's about to step in real soon. Um so, yeah. So, all I can say is that, you know, the Knicks got to show up and show out because when Trey comes in, you're going to have a battle in your hands because, you know, it's good that the Knicks bench is keeping this game from being a complete blowout. So, it, it's good. Frank Isola, Julius Randle could become the first player to win most improved and most regressed in the same week. And speaking of Trey Young, he's back There you in. go. Here's the man that's going to get busy. See, I, 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 and I got to say this while we're recording. Why do you hate Knicks fans? Like, you, see, 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 you you have a big problem with Knicks fans. And Derrick Rose just awfully missed that shot. You have a big problem with Knicks fans. Knicks fans don't do nothing to you. What do Knicks fans ever do to you? Look, 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 oh. look, look. I... I don't have a problem with the Knicks fans, especially the late the lady Knicks fans. Y'all ladies are awesome. Y'all rep your team, but a lot a lot of you male Knicks fans, man, y'all get so stupid on social media, and y'all get hyped off this again COVID helping season. Um, just just want to continuously throw that out there. So I want to see how this crappy team does in a full real eighty two game NBA season. By the way. Uh, thirty-two, thirty-one. It's just that it's 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 annoying, you know. And, and and plus, for the past three, four weeks now, 
we've talked way too much Knicks on this podcast now. And and I'm just I'm just slowly, slowly starting to get sick of it. And my man Trey Young just jumps that three out there in this city. 35-31 Trey Young. Let's go, Trey Young. Number 11. N- n- number one on the court. Number 11 in your hearts. Um, you know, so I'm just I'm just excited for, for it to be over. By next week, next season will be over. And that's it. You know, we, we can be done with it. And you know what? A part of me really hope for it to be, to be sweet. So all, all of you could be more... Pitiful and sad and, and sick. So let me get this straight. You want the Knicks to get swept out the building because you're tired of talking Knicks talk. Of course. That's what it is. See, of course, see, I don't want to see you happy. See, that, see that's wrong. That, that is wrong. <laughs> see, listen. You got the Patriots. You're a Patriot fan. It's not my fault that you're a fan of a basketball team that, yeah, they won a championship and i never seen it. And that was a great Pistons team, by the way. That Pistons team was fantastic. That's probably the best defensive team that I've seen in my lifetime. But ever since, and even though you haven't seen it in quite some time, don't take it out on a Knicks fan. Leave the Knicks fan alone. Like, 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 come on. Like, Knicks fans just want to be happy, you know? I, I just and, told you and, the lady Knicks fans are awesome. They are great. So let me get this straight. So the lady Nick fans are cool. But Absolutely. The fans, but the guy Nick fans are terrible. See, 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 you're being that guy. You're what? being a bad so, guy. So you don't think women are awesome? What's wrong with you, sir? They, they, women are fantastic. But I just like it. I just I just find that your reason very peculiar. The lady Nick fans are fantastic. And shout out to all the lady Knicks fans. You know who you are. You all are fantastic. You're fantastic human beings for being Knicks fans. But I'm a guy. I'm a Knicks fan. You don't want me to see me happy. You don't want other guy Knicks fans to be happy. But because you, y'all are annoying about it. And and especially with all these dumb tweets that, that I see, man. It's, it's corny, bro. You, you don't see the lady Knicks fans talking like that. It's only you pathetic ass male Knicks fans, bro. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Guy. Well, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to make, since we're recording, I'm going to make a, 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 probably a hot, the hottest take right now. I, I, as much as, like, I would love to bench Randall for Obi, I, I, like, you know, so, I, like, I think you should bench Julius Randall or check out his minutes for Obi Toppin because you look at Obi Toppin right now, he is playing much better in the postseason than Julius Randall. You, you I, I do know once you do that, there's no coming back from that, right? I understand. Listen, we, we, we hear about winning games. We you're you're going to mentally fuck up your best player. That's a well, big no, time move, bro. That's like pushing well, the panic well, button, son. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm here to win series. If Julius Randle gets messed up in the head, then he probably shouldn't be a Nick. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. Congratulations. You won most improved player. You, you were the best. You were the best most improved player in the season. You're probably a top five candidate for league MVP. Even though you're not going to win it. It's going to be Jokic. But the point is, this is the postseason. I don't nah, care Steph Curry, bro. I don't Steph care Curry, how you feel. No, nah, Jokic is winning MVP. Nah, I, 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 I am, I am, I am highly confident. Steph Curry, I, I, and I, and I'm gonna say this on air because we're recording. I'm gonna say this on air. Steph Curry's not winning MVP. <laughs> I will bet you. I will bet you hundred dollars that Steph Curry is not MVP, and Jokic is the MVP. I'll bet you ten dollars. 
you want to go you want to go lower you're not you're not a man of your convictions that's not that's, that's not that I'm saying yo Jokic is gonna win the MVP Steph Curry is a top is, is gonna finish in third well then bet me ten dollars then yes or no Deal. 35-31 Atlanta Hawks. Ooh, Trey Young did a nice pass and Dreed just couldn't handle that. Damn, so that pass was too sick for him, bro. Too sick for him. Yeah. Knicks are still in this game. Luckily to be in this game. Oh, what a block by Bogdanovich on Obi. That's a that's a very good block. But yeah, like and Derrick Rose can t- just give Derrick Rose his flowers. Give Derrick Rose all the flowers, man. He deserves everything. A grown man don't need flowers. What is this? It's 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 a figure of speech. Give the man his flowers. And it's a corny like, figure of speech, man. It's not corny, man. He's a grown man out oh, here. Trey Young. Ooh, Trey. <laughs> Trey Young nearly told Knicks fans like, shut the hell up. He told y'all to shut the fuck up Sunday night. He said, suck my dick to all y'all trash-ass Nick fans, bro. Wow. No foul. For, that is awful. And Bogdanovich And 13 again. just said, just said, Nick fans, suck my dick, motherfucker. Bo- Bogdanovich with the three. 38-33, let's go ATL. Hot Atlanta in the crib. I'm saying. No... R.J. Barrett's looking to check in. Julius Randle's not coming back. It doesn't. I. I. I think. I do think that the pre, that the playoff pressure is starting to get to Julius Randle's head. All right. Now we about to get to Bobby Tats talk some Yankee baseball. Yes. We are here with one of the men, Bobby Tats of Yankee Chronicle. And when it rains, it pours. You know, we found some good news and bad news with Corey Kluber. We could possibly see him many mo- many months later. Of course, Luke Voigt has to get on the back on the disabled list. John Carl Santon could come back Friday, but who knows? You know, Devi Garcia and Mike King could pitch in Detroit. Um, doubleheader tomorrow. But before all this madness and and be- before yesterday's horrible loss, let's let's talk about the no hitter. When you was watching that game, Bobby, at yeah. what point did you realize the no-hitter was going? And at what point did you think, oh, crap, the way he's pitching tonight, he'll actually get it? He kind of started starting to accumulate in the uh, the fourth inning. Um, he just looked like he, at that point, he had settled in where he just had that confidence just kind of escalate. And then once it hit the sixth inning is when, you start to see, all right, this is something that's something special is going on. You know, it's hard to say it too early in the game because it's baseball and anything can happen. But at that point, uh, in the sixth inning, you start to see the team rally, man. And um, that's when you knew something special was going on. Bobby, this is James, the other half of the sports dudes. Um, do you think with – hey, Bobby, long time no talk, bro. Um, do you think that um, with – the Chloe Klub began the no-hitter, which was awesome, but then he pitches and he only lasts his three innings. Do you think the no-hitter had something to do with his injury? Um, 
I don't think it was the no hitter, um, or, or the complete game for that matter. I just think it's you know his injury history, um, which was never, never none of his injuries are really structural. It was just kind of misfortune. But only pitching one inning last year, um, and the grind of the of the full season this year, and you know, having a regular spring training. I think it was just a little. He just needed. He pushed himself a little too hard. I think you saw that yesterday. You know, he just really was having issues with his control. Um, him and uh, him and Higgy just couldn't really get on the same page. Even Higgy said that something was off. Uh, I don't think it was the no hitter that um, was the factor in that. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. Me personally, if I was man- managing the team. I would not have even pitching yesterday. I I would have had him pitching today, give him that one extra rest. But right now he's at fifty three and a third, so he's only gone past six innings three times: the no hitter, the eight inning shutout against the Tigers, and six and two thirds against the Baltimore Orioles. So I think this is a blessing in disguise. And now, if he comes back, I say seven to nine weeks. Because four weeks of obviously no baseball activity at all. So, yep. he he possibly could, I think, make a triple-A start probably two weeks before the All-Star break. Which means he could get right. a start before the All-Star break, or start after the All-Star break, and that's good. Now, another problem with this is, now I'm sure the Yankees are going to be even more cautious with Jameson Tyon and Domingo Herman because those guys didn't pitch last year at all. So even though they're younger, which will help, they have to be very cautious with that. Well, I would say with Tyon, we'd be in a similar um, window with... Um with Kluber because of the injury. For mine, it was the suspension. So he was still able to work his arm while he wasn't playing. So I think that's part of why you're seeing the quick success of him coming back this year and why he's been able to pitch so well is because he was still able to continue working his craft while base, you know, while he was shut down from baseball, which Kluber and Tyone did not have that luxury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so let me ask you this, though. Like, well, what do you think of the Luke Voigt injury and how do you think the Yankees will manage? I think you're going to start this. I think they're going to utilize uh, Miguel Andujar a lot more on the infield. Um, they were putting him in left field, which is a good option. Um, he hasn't embarrassed himself, although he still has a lot of work to do. And he done to say he was fine. But I think you're going to start to see him working a lot more at first base. Um, to counter working with Ford. So I think you're going to see a, a good mix of the two of them on the first base side. And right now, Jamison Tyon is at 42 and two-thirds, so that's good. But he also he also has to start get going. And, you know, we also could be, you know, maybe a month away, maybe six weeks away of seeing Luis Severino. What... What are your realistic expectations from Luis Severino? 
Uh, I think seeing Luis Severino in game action uh, on the major league level before the uh, the All Star break, before the trade deadline, really, I think would be rushing him back. Uh, the pitching staff has not been terrible. They've had rough games, but every game the uh, the pitching has kept them it's kept the squad in a winnable game. The games have not really gotten away from them on the pitching side, so it kind of eases the pressure where you don't have to rush Severino back because you have a uh, you know have a pitcher that is only going three innings. You know, it seems like they've righted the ship. They figured something out. They're in a good rhythm after the first month of the year. Where we were kind of saying, we all were like, "All right, we really need Severino back," and he's a he's a a player you don't want to rush if you don't have to. Uh, I think if we lose two pitchers around that time, they might bring him back a little early or check on the status of like a Clark Schmidt to see if he can come up and plug some games, you know, to give Severino an extra couple of weeks. But Severino is somebody that they're going to need long term, so I, I would be very cautious of rushing him back. I personally think that, um, and this is going to be one of those opinions where people are not going to like, I think if, if I'm um, the Yankees, I put Severino in the bullpen. I try to go after a starter, you know, a deck piece, and probably let, let Garcia or check on the status of Clark Schmidt to see if he's available. I want to see if he's available and he gets his rehab, he gets pitching, and let let them take over until Kluber comes back and then have, and then have um, um, Severino in the bullpen because I don't, I don't, I feel like that's just rushing him. That's just me, and I think it would be easier if um, I think it would be easier if Severino in the bullpen. What would you say to that? I don't think that's a. Uh, it's not a popular idea, but I don't think that's a bad idea. Uh, you know, especially you know, like I said, you know, he's a player that we're going to need long term the next few years. So if you're able to utilize him and get his get him some value out of the bullpen, uh, then then use that yeah. and limit his innings this year and let him really build his arm back up. So it's it's not a like you said it's not gonna be a popular idea, but it's not a bad idea. See, that's the problem sometimes with Yankees Twitter, right? I see a lot of them like thinking he's gonna be right in the shape. Throwing 97 plus, striking out, going six, seven innings. For me, yeah. if 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 I'm Cashman, the only way I bring him up before after the All-Star game, right? I'd want him to make his first start like a week after the All-Star game. The only way I bring him up sooner is if they are under 500. If there's another starting injury, and if, like, they're, you know, fourth place in the playoffs, you know, third in the division. Other than that, I am taking my time. And yeah. then, also, the the thing the Yankees should do is what they won't do. They should trade for Max Scherzer. They should. I don't care if it costs Andujar. I don't care if it costs Clint. I don't care if it costs Devi because they got the money to re-sign him. So so they can do that. You go get Max Scherzer. Because if you get Max Scherzer, 
with Scherzer and Cole going back-to-back in the playoffs. It doesn't matter who's starting after that. You have two aces pitching the playoffs. That's what the Yankees need. Yeah, if I could bring up a point that we brought, um, that we talked about on Yankee Chronicles just today, um, one of the things that I brought up was the fact that in the playoffs, the pitching really has not been the problem. The problem has been situational hitting. So that's where I would really focus on to build the team for the playoffs. Because they're only losing by one or two runs, and they're low-scoring games. So I would... As much as Scherzer and you know behind Cole would would really be a phenomenal one-two punch. If I can get a like a Whit Merrifield is a player that we talk about a lot. You know that situational contact hitter that can really mirror Lemayhew. I think that is a play. That's the type of player that we need for that big playoff push to get us to the World Series. I definitely would like a Whit Merrifield because, or, or, or players that can put the ball in play because you're seeing, like, and, and, you, and it leads me to my next question. I'm glad you brought this up. You, you average, you, we've had seven no hitters, and yes, me and Nick are, are counting the Madison, uh, the Madison Bumgarner no hitter. We were counting that, that that's no hitter. So we've had seven no hitters. So let me ask you this Is it because of. Good pitching or bad hitting? Because average has been the lowest it's ever been. So why is it that we're having a lot of no hitters and a lot of guys are striking out? Well, I think a lot of I, I think it's a an unhealthy blend of the advanced metrics with the launch angle, you know, uh, mixed in with the they bolted the ball to reduce the uh, the home runs. Because a lot of the pitchers were complaining because the you know the ERAs were skyrocketing last year. You know, outside of your elite five, every other starting pitcher, their ERAs all went up. You know, we had record numbers of home runs on teams that normally weren't even home run hitting teams. So they wanted to reduce the offense to balance it out with the pitching, and the pitching has just been able to dominate that, and they've taken advantage of it. Uh, Pitchers are working more up in the zone because everybody's swinging for launch. So you don't have nobody swinging the bat straight, and that's what's leading to a lot of swing and misses, which is increasing the strikeout rates. So you start, you know, we started to see it right before Stanton got hurt. Um, he started straightening his swing; he wasn't uppercutting it anymore, and that's and you, you know, we were able to see. A lot more base hits, doubles, and he's got enough power. Where if he hits, if he catches the, the the ball with you know with a, a lower spin rate, it's gonna, it's going to launch out of the park. So it's it's a big mixture between the the changing of the baseball and the adjustments to the to the metrics. Yeah, um, we're going to have fifty-seven forty-four Atlanta. So that's nice. Whit Merrifield's contract. He's not making anything he's not making anything over six point five million till twenty twenty three. He has a seven hundred and fifty grand buyout in twenty twenty three. So you're getting this year and the next year and the next year after that. So it's pro it's gonna cost a lot more than Max Scherzer. 
Um, he also is on the older side. He's not as young as I thought he was. He's going to be 34 in 2023. So, what would you... Now, if if you get with Merrifield, I mean, he could play, he he could play second base, but we got DJ. Um, so he can also play right field, but we got a right fielder. So, what would you give up for with Merrifield? I think somebody like Whit Merrifield, but uh, because of his age, um, and Cashman's very good with negotiating, and I think he can get away with. Um, probably like it would. They're gonna ask for uh, a Clint or Andrew Hard as their MLB ready player. Plus, it would probably cost you a pitching prospect like Gil or Medina. Ooh, I try to get get away with like a Albert Abreu, something like that, because Ma- oh, Medina would be worth it if Merrifield was Glaber's age. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 worth Medina or Gill. Um but 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 that's also more log gem too, like uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, 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 it's a lot to take in, but um but I do think like would make for help especially I mean which leads me into this, I love that we can transition. Um Yankees have no outfield. I mean Brett Gardner, people, people like Brett Gardner, but and I'm going to be serious, Romo. I'm not going to try to try to be an ass. Brett Gardner's 37 years old. You cannot have Brett Gardner play every single game day at his age. The Yankees need to get another outfield. Hicks is out for the year. Don't say three to four. No, Hicks, Hicks is done for the year. And that same wrist injury that Hicks is having ended Mark Teixeira's career. So Hicks is done, and you cannot put Clint Frazier a corner outfield in center field. The Knicks need to get the Knicks. I'm Knicks. Sorry, the Yankees need to get the Yankees need to get an outfielder. So who are the outfielders that you would try to target? Well, the first thing I would do is try to look in house while you wait while you try to ride out the market because the market's really weak right now. Teams are still trying to figure out what they are. You know, it's we can't always go to the Pirates. You know, every time we need a player, so we we need to think more in house. I think to begin with, um, I think Floriel is an option for center field, and I think they're just trying to get him a little more into a rhythm in the in AAA before they make that call to bring him up. I think they're trying to be a little patient with Floriel before calling them up to the major leagues. So I think that's the route they're going to go first. And while Cashman tries to figure out which teams are willing to part ways with a set of fielding. So if we're looking at guys who are going to be rentals for this year, and guys that are like kind of names, um, the, the best one would be Chris Bryant, right? That would be the ultimate best one. Then there's Tommy Pham. Court Hazel-Lair, Corey Dickerson, like Eddie Rosario, Gregory Polanco, Jerickson Profar. So not great names, you know. Brave Braves won't let go of Freddie Freeman. That's not going to happen. Cubs probably nah. won't let go of Anthony Rizzo. That's not going to happen. I, I, I would love Starlin Marte, but, you know, people give the Yankee tax. 
So that's that's what also sucks too. Um, so there's not there's not that much greatness. So Yankees gotta hope that Clint Frazier does something. And so so far he's been that that that's what they have to be banking on, man. They have to be banking on that Clint's their guy for the next ten years. And look, Brett Gardner, sure he's thirty seven years old, but again, he's the healthiest Yankee. You can't knock him. He has an option for next year. That that you know what? If he wants to play, the Yankees are gonna pick it up. The Yankees will keep signing Brett Gardner as long as he wants to play. Fans just gotta get over that. They gotta understand that. No, I was happy to see Gardner come back. I wanted. I didn't want last year to be his final year with no fans. Oh, I he's agree. been, you know, he's not a Hall of Fame Yankee, but he is a. You know, he's a traditional Yankee. You know, he bleeds this team. So, for him to be able to get one, one season, you know, this season with the fans in the stands, I think after this year, if, he, if they have a successful run, you know, not, not so much a World Series, but if he has a successful run this year, I, I would be willing to bet that he would bow out after that. You know, he got his farewell. You know, he went out his way. You know, it wasn't like he was just replaced. I think him playing the bench to start the season, I don't think he was as mentally prepared for that as he thought, even though that's what we all wanted, and that's why we, we accepted him coming back as fans, because I, we knew that he was just he was going to be, be the guy to give Hicks and Frazier days off. And he really had trouble with that. He, I think he struggled mentally with that. So he wasn't ready to hang. He's not ready to hang it up. So you start to see now that the picks out. You started to see his bats getting better. You saw that. You know, I said today. You know, the frustration when he was stretching out yesterday. You know, it just reminded us of Paul O'Neill. You know, it's, yeah. he makes mistakes and he takes it personally when he does. You know, if he makes a mistake, it hurts the team. That's how he is. And that's the type of player we really need in the, that dugout. Um, listen, listen, listen. I'm gonna be that guy. Brett Gardner spent all his time with the Yankees. I'd like to know in 2009 what was what, what was his average in the World Series. This is what he anyone, does, man. Can, can anyone tell me? Can anyone tell me? As, because ask a new question. I, I, no, 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 I like to know, because when did Brett Gardner all of a sudden become this career Yankee because he happened to be a bench player? I have no sentiments for Brett Gardner, old-ass Gardner, but unfortunately, he's now a necessity because we needed him because let's let's trade Mike Talkman, who's younger, and keep old-ass Gardner, but that's beside the point. The point is... And Boston. 
I think they're pitching. They, they don't have. They don't. They don't have enough. To me, they don't have enough pitching. Red Sox fans don't want to admit this, but their pitching is terrible. Yeah. The Rays, the Rays, more so the Rays than the Blue Jays. The Rays, I'm worried about. So how can the Yankees beat a team that, let's face it, the Rays have had their numbers since 2019? Yep. The Rays, the Rays are just tricky. Yeah, it because every time, like you, you saw in the offseason, the the you looked at that pitching staff and it was a shell of what it was last year. You know, you're like, oh, okay, they're 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 transitioning to the next group. Lucky us. You know, and their manager, Kevin Cash, he just, he really understands how to play the game and get the most out of the players that he has. I think that's, Kevin Cash is the race secret weapon. Because what he's able to do with, it, with that team on the field, it's, it's really impressive. So, I just don't. I, I think it's going to be. That's why a lot of these losses in the division are really hurting us. Because every time you lose to a team in your division, you have to win twice to gain that game back. And when you have when you when you're playing a team like the Rays that can outpitch probably almost every team in the league, and the Blue Jays, their offense is really what's carrying them along. It's the, the Yankees are really. I think that it's not, the division's not going to be as easy as we thought it was in the offseason. All, right. uh, all right, so you're a part of Yankee Chronicle. Uh, what made you come up with that? Well, uh, myself and uh, Shelly Tomasi, uh, we were part of another uh, writing platform. And we weren't happy with them. So she had called me up one day. She's like, well, I want to start my own thing. Would you help me with it? I'm like, all right, this is no problem. So after a few months of going back and forth and trying to, you know, figure out what direction we wanted to go in, uh, we were ready to start launch on the, on the site um, by spring training of last year, which got pushed back for the COVID. So it would... And it actually it benefited us because we were able to really construct a really good team of writers. And it started out as, you know, it was just journalism. Kelly um, and I, we both enjoy writing. So we have put this website together with a phenomenal team. And it just, you know, took off. Yeah, we did really, yeah, we started off going really well. And then, um, you know, through friends and family, we started building a little following. And during the after the uh, after the season, I hooked up with um, with Evan Wetzel, and we kicked off the podcast, which has really pushed us to a next level. And between me, Evan, Rob, Donald, um, we really—it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we look for, Yeah, we enjoy doing it every day. So it's, and, uh, it's it's just if I could retire and do it full time, I I would definitely do that. So, and you guys, I'm really tired of where it's gone. You guys and and the kind of thing things and like you guys are very big baseball junkies and savants. And I gotta ask you this question. Be honest. Um, this is the last um this is the last year of the, of the CBA between the players and 
the and the owners. Um, I've always feared that we could get a lockout, but it kind of looks like we're heading this way because the owners and players can't stand each other. If baseball gets locked out like it was in 1994, how crippling would it be to the sport if we, if we have a lost season? Um, I don't think it would be as uh, crippling. Uh, I think it would really it would do a lot of damage to the new fans that they've been trying to bring in. Um, and any fans that are lost, I think it would be more because of all the bull changes as opposed to the lack of play. So, you know, wipers like myself and, and, and all of us, and look, no matter when, it, you know, no matter what, we're always going to be there for our sport. So it, it's, they're not worried about us, but it's the younger fans that, that are going to take the hit. And just like the last strike, it's, you know, it, it bounces back. You know, baseball is, is low, even though it's not looked at as a powerhouse of, you know, the, 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 main, the main major league sports. Like, you know, it's not the powerhouse like the NFL or the NBA right now. But MLB, is, you know, they, they're not in as much trouble with, uh, with fans as... Uh, the media leads it on to believe people, you know, as soon as the stadium started opening up, the fans were there in a blink. They were buying tickets. So this, the, the game is drunk. I'm not worried about that. Okay. Uh, yeah, 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 you're right. They, they won't, they won't lose us. You know, we're, we're going to love baseball regardless, but it's the, it's the in the middle people, you know, and if football still yeah. going on, which will be basketball, hockey, then eventually it'll be oh, baseball's back, cool, whatever. And if it's if it's me, you know, the owners, they obviously want more games, more money. They, you know, they want the stupid watered down playoffs. More games, more money, more different teams, more fan bases getting involved, you know, and, and that's why we got stupid wild card game and whatnot. But if if I'm the PA, I can't get taken advantage of again. And if I'm the, the Players Association, I'm going to be like, look, unless we get what we want, owners, you know what? We are prepared to sit. Now, they... They, they can't sit for years and years and years, but I but I believe because they'll probably start talk, talking talks around November, December, you know. But if I'm the PA, I'm willing to sit till April, May, June if I have to. And I'm asking for five years before free agency. No more six. That's what I'm asking for. And I'm also... I'm, I'm also wanting... More pay for minor leaguers, make that better, you know, and 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 also, no more waiting. If the player is ready to be no. called up, he has to be called up, or the the team faces some kind of penalty, whether it's a fine or losing draft picks. Because if if Kalenic's ready, if Chris Bryant's ready. If the other young player on the Mariners is ready, you know what? Let them come up. Let let yeah. let teams try to win. No, 
no more of this sucking for draft picks. You know, it's it's just tired. And and if if the players association has to give up, you know, watered down playoffs to get all that, you know what? It's worth it. But the PA got robbed last negotiations. They can't get robbed again. I think one of the things that really needs to be addressed, and you brought up with the minor league players, is the revenue sharing has to be really looked at. I think they, I think they really need to do an audit of where that money is going, um, which is why you're seeing Brian Cashman starting to lower the payroll. It's like, why am I giving the teams this money from the shared revenue if they're not going to invest it into their players? You know, because these teams just, you know, they continue to suck year after year. So, exactly. I would want to know, all right, where's my money going? And I think that if the team is not investing 100% of revenue sharing into the players, then that team deserves a penalty. I, I couldn't agree more, and I think that's the one thing is that if you're if you're if you're the Pirates and if you're the the Orioles and you just want to suck and not do anything to improve your team, then do me a favor and fold shop because that's just not fair. To no. me, that is just completely not fair, and that is why as that is why to me as a fan, like if if the te- that's why I I'm gonna say this and people are not gonna like this. If, if, if revenue sharing is not going to help the Rays, like at least the Rays are trying, but like teams like the Rockies or the Orioles or, or the Pirates, and they're going to continue to suck, then I think it's time that we institute a salary cap where it forces teams that you have to spend. You do have that, to spend. That was another That's thing. what I would do. Yeah, we, we, we went into that in life in the offseason um, while we were waiting for, for news on players. And we spent a whole week breaking down what baseball could do to improve itself rather than change the rules of the game. These are the things that they should be looking at. And we're just fans coming up with this. Why can't they figure this out? It's like, why can't they have this uh, uh, salary floor? Where if you don't spend X amount of money, then you lose a draft pick. Or, you know, you're ineligible for playoffs. You know, some, some type of, you know, I mean, the, the playoff one actually is extreme. But it's, you know, something like that where the owner's like, I, if I don't invest this money, especially when I'm getting all this money from revenue sharing, if I'm not investing it in my team, what am I doing? All right, you know, let's, let's just say they did the salary cap thing, right? From both of you, what would your bare minimum be that a team has to spend and what would your max be of a team can spend? Well I'll say that the uh, the max I would have is three hundred. Okay. because um, you, you know you have players like Trout and you know that are making astronomical money that would really tie up all of your um you you, you would really be limited to what you can put on the field. I think eighty. I think eighty million would be a fair minimum. Um, that you could really, you could put a good team together with with eighty. We, we've seen what um, what the Rays have done. You know, on what sixty million dollars a year. Yeah. And the scary part is, and it, it sucks to say it because it's in our division, 
boy, think of how much better they would be with just that extra twenty million dollar push in salary for a player. Yeah. And it would I think it would that's what would improve the sport overall. James, what's your minimum and max? Um the minimum the minimum uh, uh as as most is like I guess maybe like 70, 80 minimum, and then I'd spend maybe like over like 121, like over like 170, like max. Because to me, if if you have a salary cap of 250 million, then you got to spend close to that or lower than that. And if you don't spend that, you have you lose draft picks. So something along those lines, man. Um, so that's what I would do, and or similar to what Bobby would say. So me and Bobby are closer on the same ballpark, but that's what I would do because. I truly think that if revenue sharing ain't doing crap, then salary cap is the way to go. And it leads me to this question. The A's are relocating, and Portland is another team that's looking at a team, Vegas. If the A's can't stay in Oakland, where would you like them to go, Vegas or Portland? I think Portland would be a good location for that. Portland seems to, to be very supportive of, the, of the, the sports. I think baseball needs to, to stay away from the Vegas scene. It's a little bit longer. Um, and use the NFL as an experiment to see how that works out. Um, with, with the Raiders moving um, and hockey, I think it's the Golden Knights, the hockey team there. Um so let them see how it works with the younger kids before baseball. You know, it's if we have three main sports in that area um, with a lot of young kids with a lot of money, uh, I think you can, you can see some careers go downhill fast. Okay, okay Bob, before we get you out of here, we're going to ask you some quick rapid-fire questions. You ready? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. Going forward, um, who like um, what standing? Who, which team is standing in the Yankees' chances of going to the World Series? White Sox. Do you think the Yankees get to the World Series? Yes. Do you think the Yankees win the World Series? No. What changes would you make for the Yankees so that they can ultimately get twenty eight? Offense. They need better hitting. What What do you do? What do you do? If Aaron Hicks is done for the season, does Florio become your your everyday starter? Uh, as of today, yes. What um this What um what what do you do about Clint Frazier? You play him every day or trade him. Um, do you, uh, what do you do with Gary Sanchez? Uh, I, he's gotta be, he's gotta be moved to a backup role. And last question, um, who, who will be the Yankees? Who will be the second starter going, um, the second starter going forward for the Yankees in the future? Herman. All right, Bobby, before you go, tell the people about Yankee Chronicle, where they can find you on social, and talk about your YouTube channel. Yeah, um, you can find us on Twitter at Yankee Chronicle. 
Uh, you can look us up on the uh, on the internet at uh, yankeechronicles.com where you can read all our articles from our writers. And you can find us on YouTube at you know, on Yankee Chronicles. Uh, the link is in the description on our social media. We are also on Facebook. You can look us up there. And it's, it's a great team of, of uh, friends. And we have a lot of fun. Every Sunday we have a women's panel that gives a women's perspective on sports which is something a little different that a lot of people haven't really caught on to yet that we've been doing for, since, since the beginning of the, the channel. And the team, of, the team of females we have are incredible. So, you know, Chris, uh, Laura, Tammy, and Lynn, they do a phenomenal job talking uh, baseball from a woman's point of view. And it's, it's something everybody will enjoy. It's, the podcast is not traditional. Um, it's more like a, like a fun talk show where we make fun of each other, we play jokes on each other. So it's just with a little baseball mixed in between. So it's a very unique, uh, unique podcast. That's that's very awesome. We're we're big with women in sports here, and just just talking about from the one part that Evan said on uh, your no hitter episode, he was he was blaming you for being too responsible. You know, having a job overdoing the podcast like. Come on, Bobby. Why you got to do that for, man? Why do you got to work? I tell James all the time, like, stop being an irresponsible schmuck. Quit your job. Focus on the pod. And, and it's like, so so I don't get it. What, what What's with all y'all, res- y- y'all irresponsible people having jobs for? Come on, man. Where know, Where's your priorities, brother? I, you know, my, my loyalty to my family, it, it, it's, I don't understand, you know? <laughs> what you a know, bad guy, know, Bobby. Who am I to put food on my table, you know? Um, no, it, it does suck working nights, um, but I've always, you know, I listen to a lot of the games through John and Susan, um, and they're just, a lot, they're, they're not everybody's, you know, favorite, but it's, they're all I have, I, I rely on them so much that I, I'd be lost without them. And the way they deliver game, it's listening to the two of them is is like listening to people sitting on the couch just talking about the game. Yeah. And once in a while, they get so engrossed in their conversation they forgot the game is on, and they try to catch up to what's going on. That's John and Susan, and that's special because it's just real. They're not trying to fake it for for radio ratings. So it, they're very under. You know, I think a lot of people underappreciate that. So, um, but yeah, working nights is very rough during baseball season. So it's, it's, it's not easy, but, you know, I do my best to make sure that every morning, at, you know, when we start recording at 930 in the morning, that I'm all caught up on all the highlights and the news and seeing what's going on. And, yeah, you know, so hopefully um, our listeners and the people that watch us um, appreciate the efforts that we all put into it. This podcasting is not easy. Well, all I will say is that, um, Robbie, continue all the great work. Don't listen to Evan. Don't listen to Nick. <laughs> you be responsible. You be that responsible man. You go. You go make that money. And I'll be, and, and Bobby again. And Bobby, thank you again for coming on. Remember, open panel. You're more than welcome to come back on the show and continue being a responsible man. Be responsible. You got it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Let me promote the channel.
Of course, Bobby. Take no care, Bobby. All right. Have a good night.